0: Now go
1: I think you are now ready Ready to hear what happened 100 years ago The words of guidance you have been hearing Since your awakening From Princess Zelda herself Even now As she works to restrain the
2: from. Hello and welcome to Comics To Console Crusade This is the podcast where Jason That's right, Pat got replaced on this episode Joe and I comb through my extensive yard sale acquired retro video game collection to discuss the best and worst of comic book oriented video games. This episode is, of course, sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment, your best choice for hard binding the special comics in your collection. They do great high quality binding, custom one of a kind covers. If you get your comics hardbound with Omaha Bound, you'll be very happy. Check out omahabound.com. Today, And you know what? I know this is Comics Console Crusade, so maybe you're here for the video games. They could probably go ahead and find your game informers and your Nintendo powers. Check out omahabound.com today. All right, let's get to today's feature game. Today's feature game is... You will never defeat me.
0: I control the technology.
1: I have the power to control your mind.
2: Justice League Task Force on the Sega Genesis, also available on the Super Nintendo, but we're going to focus on the Genesis version, since that's the one that I had first. I have them both now, but I actually bought the Genesis version back in 95 when it came out, and I'm most familiar with that one. So we may throw in a little here and there about Super Nintendo, but we're pretty much focused on the Genesis version. But before we get started, let's meet the hosts of the show. We will introduce one another and ask each other to describe Justice League Task Force in just three words. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my brother, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrick. Jason, if you'd be so kind as to give me the first three words that pop in your head when you think of Justice League Task Force.
0: Green Arrow rocks. All right. All right. And now I'd like to introduce our on staff musical genius, Joe November, Joe, how would you describe Justice League Task Force using only three
3: words? Good question. I think I'll say DC, fanboy, fighter. I want to change my
0: answer, Jared. I want to say
2: DC, fanboy, fighter. I think Pat did the same thing. (laughs) He's going to fit in nicely.
0: Yep, I'm here to replace him for tonight, so...
3: And now I turn the question on to my old friend, Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Death Pro. Jared, please describe Justice League Task Force
2: using only three words. I'm going to say fighter, fanboy, DC. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Uh, nice. I'm gonna, all right. For reals, I'll say better than remembered. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. This game catches uh, some flack in certain circles. I don't think it deserves it, but we'll go into it. I might be a homer for this game.
0: (laughs) We'll see. Well, I have to admit, Jared, you're much more the video gamer than I am. I'm big on the board games and stuff. So when I saw this game and got familiar with it, I got to admit, I don't know what would be wrong with it. It's basically Mortal Kombat with DC characters,
2: Ah, yes. Mm, hold that thought. <laughs> hold that I thought. will. I'm interested to discuss it. What is the controversy <laughs> of which I hear? We will definitely get to that, but before we do, I want to throw it over to Joe to take a look at the specs of Justice League Task Force in a segment we like to call All Your Specs Are Belong to Us. How
3: are you, gentlemen? All your base are belong to us. You are on the way to this version. This game was released in June of 1995. Interesting time during my life. And I guess we'll go into that a little bit later into the podcast. <laughs> we sure will. The publisher is Acclaim. Is Acclaim with two Ks or is it two Cs? Meanwhile, the developer is Sunsoft, but it's also Blizzard. And I have an interesting little tie to to that as well going through that later it's a two-dimensional fighter and it's a one to two player game
0: let me butt in here real quick because i looked up the acclaim logo and i can see where the confusion comes in because it is double c a c c l a i m but yeah. the logo they make the c's the two c's very sharp and they butt it up against the a so it looks
2: Aww. like 2k looked like a case yeah mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. okay that was what i was thinking. There you go. As Joe mentioned, uh, Blizzard. This is an early early outing for Blizzard, and yes, they did sure. the Super Nintendo version. Yep. Uh, there was different developers for each one, and there are there are little differences between the two. And there are some bigger differences, but essentially they're very similar. But anyway, we'll we'll get to that. Now back to Jared. Well, who
3: used his yard sale to eBay skills for a segment we call Cash Memory.
1: <laughs>
2: yes indeed yes indeed let's take a look at the value of justice league task force if you have it loose and lying around cartridge only you're looking at about 10 to 15 dollars not bad for a game uh, from this era if you have it complete with the box and the instructions you are looking at 20 to 25 dollars and if you have it factory-sealed, primo condition, you could get $250 to $300. And now that we've got all the pertinent info hashed out, let's take a quick podcast break and come back to talk about the gameplay of Justice
1: League Task Force. Hey, everybody. Clinton Robinson here. I recently attempted to sneak into the Longbox Crusade headquarters basement to watch some of the Albright Brothers action movies while the crew was out at the Saturday matinee theater. Too bad I had a little mishap and got stuck down here, with no movies to boot. However, there are pieces of Pat's old podcasting equipment and excellent Wi-Fi service, so I decided to pass the time watching online fan films and talking about them. What, you don't know what a fan film is? Well, there are these non-theatrical movies that people post online of already established characters and settings. Hey, hey, hey now. Just wait and see. Save all judgment for what happens when you listen to Fan Film Fridays, a new podcast found on the Longbox Crusade podcast feed.
2: Welcome back from the break. We hope you enjoyed the promo for that friend of the show. Now, let's talk about the gaming experience of Justice League Task Force. We'll discuss the game in the following categories graphics, game design, enjoyability, favorite thing about the game, and least favorite thing about the game. And then we'll wrap it up on the game with our final verdicts and rate the game on a scale of one to 10. So let's get to it. We will start with graphics. All right, graphics. What did you
3: think? We'll start with Joe. Graphics around this time. We're pretty good considering that, you know, it was a basically a Street Fighter clone with DC characters. I did have a a little bit of issue with some of the characterization of some of the superheroes. And I'll preface this by saying that in my research for this, I was looking at the Super Nintendo version, not the Genesis version. So I don't know if what I'm going to say differs because it's Genesis or if it's just on the Super Nintendo. I'll let you know. Okay.
2: The characters like of
3: Aquaman reminded me of like D. Snyder.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, it was, it was just, his long hair phase. It
3: yeah, was, and and I was just like, oh, so they just want his hair to flow. And the Superman reminded me of the Nicolas Cage Superman that movie that never came out.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was also the long-haired face for Superman. Yeah, I will tell you the Genesis versions character designs are slightly different. I actually prefer the Genesis ones a little more because they look a little more comic booky. The mm. Super Nintendo felt like they were going a little further down the Street Fighter road. I mean, they're not terribly far apart, ladies and gentlemen. They're they're pretty close. But I think it might have been the color palettes are just a little brighter on, on the Genesis.
3: Yeah, and I do remember seeing videos of the Genesis version. You are correct. They're definitely a little bit brighter. Yeah, graphics-wise, you could tell that you're definitely playing a DC superhero game. The moves... Match up with things that, that each individual hero would throw to, you know, you know battering for Batman, things like that. Lasso for Wonder Woman. It all meets the, the
2: standard. Excellent. Excellent. Jason, what are your thoughts on the graphics of Justice League Task Force?
3: I largely agree with what Joe said. I looked
0: at it on the Super NES version as well. I kind of thought it was kind of cool. Like Superman kind of had the long Jerry Curl hair familiar to the uh, character in the 90s little nostalgic nod that i enjoyed i think i'll just add i really enjoyed the backgrounds to each of the fight scenes i got a kick particularly Uh out of green arrows all the wilderness creatures in the back like watching them and cheering them on and then of course being from washington to have a little space needle down there the star Mm -hmm. out in the background the star city space
2: needle i thought that was cool Jump in real quick. That's one of the big differences in backgrounds between Genesis and Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo has the very woodsy version, and then the Genesis one is definitely more City of Seattle. Oh, okay. They're, they're, I
0: enjoyed yeah. the woodsy version. Wasn't quite sure there was a desert version for Flash.
2: Yeah, that one and I didn't
3: mean,
0: understand. I didn't Why? get that either.
2: Okay, Flash is, uh, I'm so glad I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <Flash> is, uh, <laughs> Flash's background on Genesis makes a thousand times more sense. I don't know what they were doing with that roadside canyon thing on Super Nintendo In Genesis version. You fight outside of the Flash Museum in Central City.
0: See, that would have you know, been much, much better. better. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like did he like live out in the Southwest or something? At that point <laughs> yeah, in yeah. time yeah. And I no, no. missed that out. But they're really cool. I I really enjoyed that. Oh, what's the name of the character? Desparo. Yeah, where Despero, Desper- 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 I don't know how to say it, <laughs> when they fought him in that kind of creature cantina type, uh, oh, type like scene, space bar, space bar, <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. So basically, what Joe said, and I really liked the backgrounds. Oh, and the lightning flashes on the Batman one, Gotham City, was cool too.
2: Ah, so. another thing that's very exclusive to the Super Nintendo: extra effects in the backgrounds, like lightning flashes. We talked about Green Arrow. It has like woodland animals will kind of come and go. There's no animated backgrounds in the Genesis version. So that's kind of a, a knock on it. But I do think their backgrounds make a little more sense. So it's pluses yeah. and minuses for whichever way you go. When your
3: character is fighting Cheetah in the uh, Super Nintendo version, they're fighting in a basically in a jungle in Africa or something like that. And you got all the animals just chilling, the lions and stuff. And there's like a cheetah up top, just chilling with its kill and a tree, just watching
2: y'all fight. <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, so that should do it for graphics. Let's move on to game design. Let's talk a little bit about the game design. We've kind of done that a little bit by incorporating backgrounds and stuff, but just sort of overall design and feel of it. Joe, what are your thoughts?
3: I think I have a little bit of issue with the game design. And, and this is again from the super NES version, but it's more dealing with how the plot was laid out. So whatever is your main character basically shows up at all these different places where he knows the superheroes are, and he's fighting these robot doppelgangers, even though he know he doesn't know that at the time, or she, depending on if you're playing Wonder Mormon or not, and has no idea that you know, it was like, What's going on? Why am I fighting all of these people? Why did this person attack me? It just kind of bothered me a little bit. Like, shouldn't you know you're a superhero? Especially if you're Batman. Especially if you're Batman. (laughs) If you're a detective. Yeah. And the gameplay that I saw, it kind of frustrated me. It's like, how does this person not know? And then he's like, at the end, I know where to find Darkseid. But then he goes to fight the Sparrow in the face bar. And he's like, where is Darkseid? Like, dude, didn't you say you knew where he was? (laughs) Do you or do you not know where he's at? Yeah. It's like, I can only hope the same thing didn't happen to the rest of the Justice League. It's like,
2: come on, figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Batman should have probably been on that. You know, Superman with his enhanced senses and all that should have been on. But yeah, whatever. There are definitely pluses and minuses to that because the one thing that always bothered me was yeah, Batman versus Superman—a straight-up fist fight. What? Yeah, yeah but like <laughs> then it's revealed that they're robot doppelgangers, and you're like, okay, then maybe you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it the, yeah, I mean, there's there's like no easy way out of that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I agree. The story was overall pretty simplistic. As a Justice League fan, I would have liked the ability to kind of assemble a Justice League team to play against a better menagerie of villains, but I see what they were doing there. Basically, it's like, okay, you know, you get to take your fanboy or fangirl character and match that person up against the rest of the team. So it was okay. I thought overall the playability was, it was fairly simple. It was very similar to you know, Mortal Kombat or any of the other kind of fighter games at that time, the side-scroller fighter. The special abilities were really cool. I liked Wonder Woman's bracers, where she could deflect attacks and things like that. That was very fun and really effective against somebody like Superman with the laser vision or dark side omni blast from his eyes. Mm. So that was cool. Superman, I think he had probably one of the coolest set of powers. He had both the laser vision and you could use the arctic breath. So, yeah, overall, I think it was uh, relatively fun, and I think it paired pretty well to some of the other fighter games during that time frame.
2: Well, that's a great lead-in for our next discussion, which is uh, overall enjoyability. Before we do that, though, I do want to point out, again, I've done research on the differences between the Genesis and Super NES. The special moves are different on each system, and the Genesis actually has more special moves than the Super Nintendo version does. But there's always pluses and minuses apparently the ones on the genesis are harder to execute the controls are stiffer now Mm, again i i bought it on genesis back in 95 not long after it came out and i never never had a problem with it but you know sometimes you just kind of get in the groove of a game and, and that's probably what happened to me but yeah different special moves more in the genesis version but harder to complete let's get into the enjoyability As promised, let's talk about enjoyability. Jason kind of touched on that, sort of just overall thoughts on the enjoyability of the game. Go ahead, Jason.
0: Yeah, overall, I I enjoyed it. I was never a huge, well, I wasn't a big video gamer to start with, not a big fan of the fighting games, but I did enjoy Mortal Kombat, and this reminded me of that. So you take Mortal Kombat and the cool characters of that and throw in the even cooler characters of Aquaman and Green Arrow and Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman and flash and that's a heck of an enjoyable game plus i'm a simple kind of man i don't like real complicated (laughs) you know i don't like combo buttons or any of that nonsense so i found the moves relatively easy some were a little more natural came a little more natural to me than others uh like i said i really kind of like the wonder woman's ability to block with the bracers that one came in handy i think i found her the easiest character for me to play although you know batman and superman were probably the more powerful characters they, they had some really cool moves it just it was a little bit harder for me to uh intuitively figure those out the wonder woman game you know most natural to me and you know i
2: had fun with it it's funny you should mention that because i feel the same way like batman and superman are like the most fun but when i first got this game the first few times i beat it it was the flash His power set was the easiest for me to execute. But I need to know Joe's thought on the overall enjoyability of this game. I think, and like I said earlier, I I wasn't really into fighting
3: games that much. I mean, I knew of them, but I wasn't very good at them. So I think this is a game where I enjoy it more watching than playing, only because of my unfamiliarity with, with fighting games and just my prowess or lack thereof. You know, give me a JRPG and I'll play that forever. But uh, fighting games are just a little bit different. But again, you know, just knowing the moves, knowing the combos. In Street Fighter, you can do that very well. And some other games, it, it really depends on what the moves are available. Probably the game that I played the most as far as fighting was that Wu-Tang Clan game that Jared and I yeah. <laughs> would play when we first met each other. That was probably yeah, the, the only one that I played at length. PS1. Um, <laughs> <instead of> PS1. <laughs> That was a fun game. It was very difficult, though, but it was fun. But yeah, so <laughs> enjoyability, I think I enjoy it better just watching than playing That's only because of my personal preference with fighting games.
2: Makes sense. I think that's exactly what Pat would have said if he was here, too. By the way, he's not a big fight gamer. Next up, your favorite thing. Well, let's roll this into what was your favorite thing about the game? Go ahead, Jason. I touched on it already. I really like the backgrounds,
0: the scenes of the fight. I got giddy as a schoolboy when I was up fighting on top of the Daily Planet with the Daily Planet logo in the background. That's really cool. Fighting in Gotham City in the, in the night with the gargoyles in the background and then the lightning. And then at the end when the fights over the bats come out, I thought that was super cool too. And then I already mentioned Green Arrow and the little Homer effect of having the Space Needle there in the background was pretty awesome. So for me, it was the background
2: definitely stood out to me too what, what about you joe actually i agree
3: with that because the backgrounds especially in fighting games they connect you with the either your opponents or your own character that you're playing that's a pretty significant thing when you're trying to let people enjoy the game and connect somehow with the players and the sprites that you're you're fighting against so definitely the backgrounds were or my favorite part of the game just to see you know how would they connect the dots between who you were fighting, who you were fighting against, and where you did it at.
2: Very cool. Yeah, the backgrounds are definitely stand out, no matter which version you play. I think my favorite thing about the game would probably be just that it exists, that this was 1995. It was on the heels of of the success of the Street Fighter II Mortal Kombat franchises. And all of us nerds were like, why can't they do a superhero game? And they did one. And it's not bad, no matter what they tell you. It's not bad. I mean, is it in a league with Street Fighter II or Mortal Kombat? No, its controls aren't that precise, but it certainly looks great. And another one of my favorite things, and I'm certain we'll talk about this in a minute, especially on the Genesis version, is the music. It's got some really rocking tunes. We'll find out from Joe if he was able to listen to both versions, because they are very different on soundtracks. And the Genesis version, in my opinion, is superior to the Super Nintendo soundtracks. We'll find out in a minute. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Let's get into the least favorite thing. Let's roll this into least favorite thing, and we'll start with Joe. I think it was the dialogue
3: that bothered me the most. You know, it's,
2: <laughs> just little
3: things like knowing where Darkseid is, but then asking his lackey that, you know, where is he? Why would Darkseid confide with Cheetah as one of Remain henchmen? It didn't really explain that. When you finally meet up with Darkseid, he's like, You impressed me, hero. Like, <laughs> Darkseid would never call his opponent a hero, he would name him by name. And I mean, it had to do with the programming for how they created the text for each character. And I had right, right, yeah, all, all the no matter who you play, <laughs> no matter who you play is the same thing, but you would think <laughs> it would just be a little bit more realistic in that. I'm and, very
2: impressed with you, young man or woman, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I guess I missed something about a missile
3: base. He, your character says you'll yeah. pay what you did for them. Mi- what missile base
0: yeah, yes. are you talking Thank about you? I was gonna bring I think that too. that yeah. was
2: on the newspaper at the very beginning of the game. Like, that's oh, like it was, on, okay. I think that's where I was from, but I was the same way. I was like, Missile base, <laughs> I'm like, I think it might have been on the newspaper. Yeah, and no matter which version you play, be it Genesis or Super Ness. It's the same storyline. There's no differences there. I think it's even the same dialogue exactly. So,
3: yeah. That makes sense. And then at the end, when you beat it, and dialogue's like, whether together or alone, nothing can defeat the Justice League Task Force. And I'm like, except maybe robots.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Robots came close. (laughs) (laughs) So
3: that was the part that bothered me. But everything.
2: Yeah, the writing was noticeably weak. I would would agree with that. Uh, Jason, what are you going to say is your least favorite part of the game?
3: I agree with
0: Joe 100%. This is 1995. Justice League is just being relaunched. Fanboys everywhere are excited to see the team back under the helm of Grant Morrison. This game comes out, and I understand that it's 1995. So, you know, there are limitations there, but that story writing was just kind of inexcusable for me. There had to be something more that tied it all together. And then I kind of hoped at the end that there might be some sort of, I don't know, some sort of little finale or Easter egg or something that pop up. And all you really get is the little kind of spread of them standing together, which is cool and everything. But I'm just like, man, this, as a comic book fan, I was disappointed. As a gamer, like I said, it played okay, and it was nice to have the characters. But as a comic book fan, the story really let me down.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough hmm i am total homer for this game so it's hard (laughs) for me to drag it down i truly enjoyed playing it back in college but you know i guess i gotta be unoriginal the story is bland like i said i did like the fact that they were robots because then it made a little more sense that batman would be able to take soups in a fist fight, or wonder woman for that matter or the flash or or, you know pretty much your best fight would basically be between him and green arrow <laughs> but, but yeah in the end like we said there was really no way out because he should have known it was robots and it was a thin premise just to get everybody to fight i mean maybe it's the best they could do but ultimately it's not great <laughs> let's get into final scoring in this round we are going to give this an official score on a scale from one to ten. Five is average it's fine it did what it needed to do Didn't really impress, but it didn't really make you upset either. So that's your barometer. Knowing that, we will start with Jason.
0: I'm going to give it a six. I think it was a little bit above average. We kind of slammed it on the story there at the end, but the rest of it was pretty good and it was enjoyable. So
3: six for me. All right. What about you, Joe? Great minds think alike. I was thinking the exact same number a full-throated six. (laughs) Better than average, not too great, but decent enough so that It captures people's interests, especially from a nostalgia standpoint.
2: Well, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to check in with the total homer for this game. The guy who bought it at (laughs) (laughs) KB Toy Stores back in 1995. Brought it home, put it in the Genesis in college at the time, just played the mess out of it. Was so happy to have a fighting game. Rocking soundtrack, liked the graphics a lot. Decent gameplay. Not the best story in the world, but I'm going to give it a seven. I liked it quite a bit nice you know yeah. it's,
0: it's, well we liked her all too so you know, I, you okay. know whatever
2: <laughs> but yeah I, I liked it quite a bit i think if you'd asked me to rate it on a scale of one to ten to 95 when i got it I was playing i probably would have given it a nine or a ten you know but it's just sort of in retrospect that i think it's a fairer score i mean right. if you look at a game like street fighter 2 as a 10 then yeah i think justice league task force deserves a, to be about a seven and like i said earlier in the show there's a lot of people out there that will poo-poo this game and say it's terrible is it terrible no but I do think there's more value in it if you're a comic book fan. If you're just a straight-up gamer, I could kind of see where you'd say, okay, it's terrible. I mean, why would you play this instead of Street Fighter 2? Right. If you're a comic fan, you would. Because
0: exactly. you can play as Green Arrow or Batman or
1: Wonder
2: <laughs> right. exactly. There you go. Fanboy yeah. fighter. DC fanboy fighter. <laughs> These days, you can get Mortal Kombat versus DC and have a heck of a good time with it. But Exactly. Yeah. But it seems like in all this discussion that we have perhaps forgotten something. I say that every episode because it's in the script. But I know what it is. Let's throw it over to Joe November, our on-staff musical genius, to talk about the music in a segment called Superconductor.
3: Thanks, Jared. Like I said earlier, I had looked at the Super NES version of the game and not the Genesis version. Oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I did look at it that way. But at least I can name the composers for each one. For the Super NES version, it was Glenn Stafford, who is a mainstay in Blizzard game music um, oh. from all of the Warcrafts to World of Warcraft to Diablo 3. He is like a super employee of Blizzard for like the past 20 wow. or so years. So this was one of his earlier projects. So I thought that was really cool to see that. And speaking of of Blizzard, I saw this as a comment in one of the videos I was looking at for this game. This gentleman named Zero Times Bad Coffee said that the only truly noteworthy story between these two games, basically between the Genesis and the SNES version, is that the the Super Nintendo version was developed by Blizzard, while the Genesis version was developed by a company called Condor. The two developers didn't know that Acclaim hired them to basically make the same game and got in touch afterward. That ended up with Condor pitching an idea to Blizzard and then ultimately getting acquired, changing the name to Blizzard North and developing Diablo. So we have to thank these crappy licensed games and Acclaim's weird paranoia
2: for Diablo. I came across that in my research. As well. I was like, that's kind of cool that yeah, this fantastic. gaming icon of Diablo begat from, you know, these two, you know, mediocre to okay <laughs> fighting games of the mid-90s. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it's like accidents happen, you know, in the most strangest <laughs> places. But look at the legacy that has been brought forth from that accident. Uh, Diablo is a huge game. But getting back to the composers, the Genesis composer was Matt don't know if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Ullman? Ullman? U-E-L-M-E-N. He's also been doing sound design and composing for Diablo series and World of Warcraft as well. Very talented people. But for the Super Nintendo version, there was some good music and not so good music that I liked. The theme music was Okay. A little bit Miami feisty to me, so it was a little nostalgic there. I think the best music that I heard was Aquaman. me of the NES version of Kung Fu. It was very japan anime centric Eastern-style type of music, which, when you think about didn't really fit Aquaman's theme. Like, why would that type of music be <laughs> central to Aquaman? And then... I, I, you I, wanted Sebastian the Crab with Under the Sea! Yeah, yeah. I want something that I can relate to. Uh, the Superman music was probably the most iconic. the most sits with the tone of the music that they use the worst theme music was probably The Flash with Fighting in the Desert it was basically just winds and coyotes there was really no music <laughs> it
0: coyotes. was funny watching the coyotes do
3: a little howl though, I thought that was fun. Yeah, like they were enjoying the fight. Some of these random superheroes in the night, <laughs> up, desert night. Ooh, that, up. <laughs> that was really what I caught from the, the music for this game. There were really no remixes or anything that I could find. Nobody bothered to do any nostalgic type of remixing for the music. But it's probably because there's really nothing too memorable for it, you know, to do so. So people wouldn't really catch on even if they did do a remix.
2: Well, I tell you what, I am definitely going to campaign hard for the music for the Genesis version. Just the intro music alone is is really cool and you know what? I'll spin some of that for you right now. <laughs> I mean, that's a rocking tune, no doubt. Yeah, it's
3: definitely better than what I was listening to on the SNES. That's all for the Superconducting Musical segment. Let's throw it over to Jason to lead us in a discussion on how well the game captures the essence of the comic book in a segment called Reformat.
0: You guys are gamers. I'm a semi-casual gamer. But we're also, all three of us, hardcore comic book aficionados. So this is a comic book video game. So question number one, and I'm going to throw it out to you, Joe. How did it make you feel as a comic book fan? Did you get any sort of additional joy out of being able to play you know, Batman
3: or Flash or whoever you played? Who was your favorite character to play? I'd say my favorite character would be Superman, only because I'm just a fan of Superman in video games. There have been some bad ones looking at you, Nintendo
2: 64. One day it'll show up on this
0: podcast. Slice <laughs> <laughs> through um, those damn circles one more time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd say Superman. And just because, like I said earlier, the background and the theme music all matched up to hey you are on superman's turf and this is who you're fighting or you know you're fighting me as superman and so i thought that was a really good touch
0: cool cool jared how was it playing batman i don't even have to ask you <laughs> <laughs> i did
2: I Batman a lot. like i said when i first got it really the flashes power set spoke to me the most so i've probably beaten this game no joke 20 30 times mostly with the Flash, but I did definitely play as Batman, being my favorite character. And it definitely did feel comic booky to me. They, like, yeah. We've all commented the backgrounds are good, no matter which version you play. We've all commented the music is pretty good, no matter which version you play. The character designs are decent. The special moves are cool. So again, I mean, total Homer for it, but it felt very comic book rapper on Street Fighter, which is you know what you wanted going into it.
0: Yeah, you kind of knew what you were going to get. That's for sure. All right. Second and final question. What was your favorite background,
3: Joe? I bet Metropolis. (laughs) I liked Metropolis, but since I'm kind of a sucker for Greek mythology, I liked Wonder Woman's background. Nice. I thought that was very appropriate for her stage for when you fight Wonder Woman, even though it was a robot. <laughs> spoiler.
0: <laughs> spoiler alert. All right, Jared, same question to you. Favorite background in the game.
2: Ooh, man, that's tough. That's tough. I'm going to cheat a little bit and pick a bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll say on the Genesis. Ooh. I like Wonder Woman's background. I did. I just like the way it's laid out. What I really thought was neat about it was her WW is sort of in the tiles on the floor, Dead Center as you fight to the left or right, it actually moves to keep the perspective right. And I was like, well, that's got to be hard to program. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that's interesting. I, I just really like it. I mean, they're not as impressive as the Super NES background, so they don't have the motion stuff, which is how I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say on Super NES, the Batman background, I think, really felt like Gotham City.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pick three because uh, it's my segment. I can do that. i <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go top of the Daily Planet with iconic Daily Planet uh, logo there in the background. That was really cool. That would be number three. Number two would be Gotham City uh, with the lightning flashing in the SNES version. And then number one, just because I love the character, I love the outdoor element, Green Arrow, fighting in the woods. <laughs> that was cool.
2: I, I felt like it was like it,
0: it. it was, but it was oh man, but it was so cool because it's almost like fighting in like a Disney cartoon or something. You know? <laughs> you got like Bambi and Thumper all sitting there watching you.
3: Yeah, you had a bear, a raccoon, and I was a buck <laughs> chilling. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, just to add to the discussion, is that you know, according to Wikipedia, there were supposed to be other characters that were going to be part of this game. But due to limitations, they couldn't add it in. So we could be talking about the Martian Manhunter.
0: Okay. Um, well, let's let me go one more segment then on. This. <laughs> if you could add one more character to play, who would it be?
3: Joe. Good question. I might have to think about that one. You have to come back to me.
2: All right, Jared. I am deep in thought about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have two.
0: I asked a question. I don't even know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am deep in thought about it. I'm gonna throw out two options. One, I can't help but think of the from Street Fighter 2. Whether or not I'm pronouncing that right, I don't know. But you remember that he was from India, and he could stretch really far. Uh-huh. So it would be kind of cool to put Plastic Man in this game to, oh, with okay. the stretching ability. That and would be cool. My backup choice is uh, nobody saw this coming, but I'm a huge Booster Gold fan, and I'd love to play as Booster Gold. I was waiting for so, Booster okay. Gold to come out.
3: So getting back to my choice, it'd probably be a toss-up either between uh, the Green Lantern and Hawkman. Oh, Hawkman. Oh, oh, I didn't think about Hawkman. That's a good one.
0: I was thinking for playability, it would be interesting to see Green Lantern. You could really have some interesting combo effects there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: My Homer choice would probably be Red Tornado.
3: I'd like to Red Tornado. Yeah. That would be cool.
0: Yeah. All right. I got one more round out of that thing. I didn't even know it.
2: <laughs> Well, actually, I want to hijack, uh, just to get that final say-so, I mean, do you guys think that this game faithfully represented the comics?
3: Yes, I think it did. Some people were saying that this was like the original, was it the Injustice games um, that came out recently? Yeah. yeah, this was like the original one. I could see that, definitely.
0: I agree with Joe. I think it did faithfully capture the essence of the heroes, at least the power set and the look. and I did feel like, well, that's cool. I'm playing as Wonder Woman or I'm playing as, as Superman. It was fun.
1: Yeah.
2: I think that is definitely its strong suit, but I, I hijacked I'll back to you,
0: Jason. Now that we've got the comic to game comparisons all figured out, let's take another quick podcast promo break. When we come back, we'll talk about all our memories of this game and bring the show home.
3: You've heard the myths and sagas. You've read the comics You've seen the films. Now you can experience the adventures of Thor, Hercules, and more in a completely new way.
0: Ere the battle be resolved, let the thunder god prevail.
3: Thor will crumble under my power,
0: the power of Loki.
3: I am the will and the way. I am all father, and none shall say me nay. Donald Blake, have you forgotten that we have a dinner date tonight?
2: Join me, Tom Harris, almost every Thursday for Radio Free Asgard. Every episode, we take a look at a new chapter in the lives of your favorite mythological heroes, from the Iron Age of Europe through the Bronze Age of comics, the Marvel movies, and beyond. All that and silly voices, too. Come join us at RadioFreeAsgard.com.
0: Welcome back to the show. Let's hop into our DeLorean, get it up to eighty-eight miles per hour, and talk about our memories of this game and what was going on in our lives in a segment called Save Point.
2: Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was
0: During our, young, our Save Point discussion, anymore, we'll give you some context for the time that our featured game was released by discussing video game news of that time. What was playing at the movies? And what were some of the chart-topping songs? And then we'll wrap it up with our personal memories surrounding Justice League Task Force. So here are the video game events and notable releases for June 1995. You had EarthBound on SNES
2: got anything on Earthbound, Joe? I know it's an RPG. It is. A uh, lot oh, of. Uh, around that time,
3: I didn't even know what Earthbound was. I probably didn't even know about it until like 10 years later, to be honest. I, with I think you.
2: it's one of those games that just kind of nobody knew about it when it came yeah.
3: out. <laughs> I, I didn't know much about it at the time. It, it, I don't know anything about it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have to admit that around this time, video gaming was probably on the back burner because, let's see, this was summer of 95. So I was just about to go in my freshman year at the Air Force Academy. So I was way more focused on that than (laughs) video games at that point in time. Yeah, anything I would find out about these games would be years later. All righty.
0: You know what else was coming out, though, was Street Fighter Alpha at the arcade. Nice. Give me my quarters back. (laughs) I'll probably retire by now. (laughs) And finally, we have Justice League Task Force, which spent four months as a top rented title, peaking at number two. So, for all you people that are slamming on it, a lot of you played a lot of it back in 1995. <laughs> they
2: didn't have the internet so much back then. You had to like rent it to find out you didn't like it. Right? Yeah. But no, it, like I said, I did the research for this section and, and yeah, it, it was well rented game. I'm just saying, Jared, I knew a lot of people back like when
0: Bon Jovi was making it big. You know, all these men, they were like, oh, Bon Jovi, that's a girl rock band. I wouldn't have no Bon Jovi. <laughs> they sold a lot of Bon Jovi albums. Yeah. I know Huge. I had one, and I wasn't the only guy who had one.
3: Individuals, all chicks. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> Math don't add up.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> At any rate, let's talk about movies. All right. So, top three grossing films of the time. Number three, Congo.
2: You guys go I, see Congo? I still haven't seen it to this day. I know, I've know i never met anybody that has a, a lot of good to say about it, but I still want to see it because I know it's got Ernie Hudson, and you know I'm a fan.
0: Yes, it does have Ernie Hudson. I saw it at the theater. I was a big fan of the book. Did okay. you see it,
3: Joe? I think I rented it once. I don't remember much about it, so it wasn't obviously very memorable to me. No, it is not.
0: (laughs) However, the Michael Crichton novel is amazing. The Hmm. movie doesn't do
3: it much justice.
2: Yeah, I'll pick it up here with number two at the box office. uh, Summer 1995 would be a Disney flick. One of my wife's favorite movies, possibly her favorite movie of all time, is Pocahontas. Can you paint with all the colors of the wind, gentlemen? (laughs) The only song I remembered from that
3: movie was yeah. Savages, Savages. <laughs> I,
2: remember,
3: <man>. yeah. <laughs> I remember
0: Johanna getting upset cause like you guys went to Disney or something and she's like they don't have anything Pocahontas.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Not one of the most, you know, marketed of the disney princesses lines but yeah, she's she's found her fan base over the years and it's still it's a' pretty decent movie i i went and saw it with johanna we were dating at the time
3: oh
0: all right oh,
2: nice nice
3: i think i did see it in the theater when i first saw it and the number one grossing movie around that time was batman forever
2: i like that movie i don't care who knows it
0: it, 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 had it had
2: his charm. It had its charm. Not like that movie. The follow-up I thought was worse.
3: Oh um, yeah, <laughs> way worse. Oh yes. Yeah, Even, Even George Clooney said that that was the
2: worst movie he ever made. Still feel bad. I think George made a fine Batman. He just that script wasn't happening. But we're not talking about Batman, right? We're talking about Batman Forever. Batman Forever, Forever. which has uh, a place in my heart. It does. And what I remember most about it was the performances
3: of Jim Carrey and. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Their characters uh, made the movie. Uh, everybody else was just secondary. And of course, Nicole Kidman didn't hurt that she was in it either. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot
2: I really,
0: was
3: in that.
2: Really is. that. was a banging soundtrack, by the way. It does have a good soundtrack.
0: Speaking of soundtrack, speaking of music, here are the top three songs that were playing on your favorite pop radio station during June 1995. Number three was I Know by Dion Ferris. Who needs
2: me to sing it for him?
0: Go Dude, ahead, I, I don't, don't know, know. I, I, I don't know. It.
2: I know what y'all thinking, baby. I know that you're something to That's her? But it's not going to work. this time. Anyway. All right. Okay. Okay. I only knew that album. I only know that because I wrote, you know, I did the script and I was like, what the hell is that song? So I, I went and listened. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that song.
3: She had an association with, I believe, Arrested Development.
2: Yes. The, yes. Yeah, she was yeah. a singer on the Tennessee track, I believe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Won't you help me? Yeah. That was her. Yep. Okay. Now. You nailed it, sir. You yeah.
0: nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an 80s music guy. So you guys are going to have to help me out with these.
2: Mm, well, speaking of which, somebody's going to have to help me out with number two because I did not actually listen to this one. It's Boys to Men, so I'm certain I know it. They were mad popular at this time. Their song, Water Runs Dry. I'm familiar with a lot of their tracks, but that one, I may have to listen to it post-production. Anybody got that? I don't know. The, um, nope. Alright. Well no, all right. no. No, it goes, no, it goes.
3: Let's not wait till the
2: water
1: reads
2: dry. Oh, okay. Let's not wait till I faster as I can't get the high notes. Yep, no, I got it. Don't I'll do, do it. it, baby. I'll be this guy.
1: Girl. Girl, don't do it, baby.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Joey. That was driving me nuts. Joe, you did such a good job with that. You get to bring in the number one song.
3: Which is uh song that I loathe when it came out because <laughs> it was played out oh, that's Have, you, hell out of Have you Ever Really Loved The Woman by Brian Adams which uh, I didn't know until a few years ago that i associated with the movie <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> I just thought it was some sappy love song that just hit the charts, but apparently yeah. it's part of the soundtrack for uh, Don, Don Juan DeMarco.
2: Yeah, sure, all right.
3: <laughs> which star Johnny Depp didn't even know that either. Depp, no, yeah. Didn't watch it, <laughs> so there was a lot of stuff I didn't know about this song. <laughs> other than I hated the song. Oh, they played. <laughs> they did play it all the time,
0: and it was around that time because I I liked Brian Adams. I was kind of a rocker, you know. He kind of came out there in the eighties and. It's like, oh, yeah, Brian Adams, Canadian rocker, and then by this time I'm like, okay, he's gone full love song. <laughs> after that, after
2: that, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, song. that's what did it, man. That's what did it. It's just like, come on, man, make it down, All downhill from there. Oh man, make it cutting like a knife. It alright. Saying na 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 na. I still say "Run to You" is his magnum opus. I love that song.
0: Oh, that is a good song. <laughs> All right. So here's the big question. Any standout personal memories surrounding
3: today's featured game during that time period? Joe. Like I alluded to earlier, I was about to go into the military around that time. I remember that as being like my first last free (laughs) few weeks before I turned my life over to the government. (laughs)
2: Joe, if i'm not mistaken you did a prep school and then you went to the academy so this has been the summer right between those it was a
3: summer right between those two i went to the prep school and ended in may came back home and then uh it's soaking it all in as far as my freedom as as you know not being a a cadet until i had to go back in i think it was late june
0: Mm. yeah and I bet you didn't play video game one when you were in the academy.
3: <laughs> not one bit. Probably not as freshman not year. The, not the freshman year. <laughs> sophomore year. Sophomore year was all about Quake. We were discovering you know, how the internet works and we could play each other online. And so we, on Saturday evenings, we would just play Quake across, even though we weren't supposed to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what I remember the most. So my freshman year, nope, noob.
2: None of that. <laughs> all right. Jared, what about you? Oh, uh, this hits me right. My sweet spot, man. This is the summer of 1995. I just graduated high school. Was prepping to go to Auburn. Not nearly as stressful as Joe's experience of going.
1: <laughs>
2: I was still playing video games. Love life. But man, the summer of 95 to me was all about Batman Forever was, was my jam. Mm -hmm. pocahontas was johanna's jam we were dating back then getting justice league task force on my sega genesis playing lots of games on genesis man that was like the height of that system playstation one was like right around the corner Mm -hmm. but i was playing the heck out of my genesis you know street fighter mortal kombat all that stuff and uh yeah man that's that's summer after you graduate high school i think it's memorable for a lot of people and that's that's where this one lands for me jason's a skosh older than me so let's find out what he was up to
0: I'd been in the army for a few years at this point. I was stationed down at Fort Hood, Texas, but life was about to get good because a little known movie was coming out. My boy, James Bond was coming back to oh, the big yeah. screen in a movie Ooh. called Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> and there were tears of joy streaming down my face <laughs> as I watched that movie. And I went to the theater like three times. I loved it. Bond was Back, it something else happened. Oh, yeah, my son was born
2: too. Well done, well done. But I'll tell you what, doubling back on that, yeah, I think GoldenEye ended up coming out the fall of '95, so right on the heels of this. And I too saw it in the theater once. And then I went with our mom, Jason. I was home on a break, and I went with mom too see it and then they played it again at the free movie at auburn and i went and saw it again the third time there <laughs> and such a great movie oh goldeneye so very rewatchable now that's was a there, good video
3: game too yeah it's, it's all right <laughs> 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 wasn't there a pin clicker in that movie too there was,
2: <laughs> what, was his, what was that character's name uh that was boris yes, yeah. boris yes boris He's invincible. (laughs) Invincible. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, all right. With those memories back on our save cards, we're going to close this show out. Of course, we got to thank our crusaders club members with some special shout outs. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They get early access to special long box episodes, voting on show content. So much more. So these are the folks who are reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. (laughs)
0: Helica Wolf.
2: Oh. Nope. Anthony from TFU. Albert oh, Noble, thank you very much. Bill Beer. Blasted or stashed? Who are you going to call? Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. David Collins, you might know him as Battlewagon.
0: Battlewagon. Oh. The Duchess.
2: Gerald Green. Greg Van Luven every minute of it. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. Hey. 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 <laughs> John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose
0: Pollo. Josh Strickland. Michael Wagner. The Mighty Mark
3: Hathu. Maxwell Traver. That's an awesome name, by the way. Miranda
2: W. <laughs> Paul It's Rick, Jeff and Rick present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And our one-time donor, Brad Moran. As always, if we missed anybody on our list, we apologize. Just keep in mind we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're recent edition, we'll add you soon, but no problem. If we missed you, just email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll square it away. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member?
0: Well, I mean, you know, I joined this show because I thought maybe <laughs> by coming onto this show, maybe now I can become a Crusaders Club member.
2: Oh, so you thought by coming on Comics Console Crusade with Joe November, who is a member, would get you membership.
0: That's what I thought. I mean, it's, you know, it's who you know, right? It's not the show, it's who you know.
2: (laughs) Right. That's 100%. Well, it's 99% correct in that you're right on that, but no, you can't join. But for you folks out there who might want to join, just go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for as little as one buck a month, you'll get access the amazing world of crusaders club come check it out if you don't have any extra scratch laying around but you want to help us out maybe write us a review over on itunes talk about how much you love the long Box crusade we'd appreciate it and if you do write a review we'll be happy to read it on an upcoming show joe why don't you give the folks a reminder of how they can get in touch with us if they want to chat about the show or any of our shows on the long Box crusade umbrella
3: So you can find any of our many fine programs on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers or directly at www.longboxcrusade.com. And you can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram
2: as at longboxcrusade. Awesome job, Joe. Thank you. If you want to interact with us with live chat, be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles. Join us for the next episode of Doing It Live stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you get reminder notifications of when we go live. I want to thank the team for being here, and here's where you can find us on them internets. Joe, where can people find you? I'm on
3: several different places, so on SoundCloud and Twitter, I'm on Josephlin99. That's J O S E F L I N 99. On Instagram, Spotify, and Bandcamp, you can search for Joe November, and on Facebook, I'm
2: on Joe November Music. Guys, do yourself a favor. Go check out those sweet beats that Joe puts together. You've heard a ton of them on our network because we're always Uh pirating his beats for our shows. (laughs) Shows shows. But yeah, definitely check out that SoundCloud, guys. It's well worth your time and effort. Jason, where can they find you and all your sick beats? Yes, sir. You can find me at
0: Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrecht on Facebook and Instagram. And my sick beats are all up here in my noggin.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, of course, you can find me at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Sale Artist. And I want to thank you guys for joining us. We hope you'll continue to join us as we go on our crusade to... Two, Play the all. all.
0: I actually read the script this time. Oh, all right.
2: <laughs> the music themes for this show are done by musical genius, Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at josephlin 99 That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9.
1: You will not regret it. I did not think it wise to overwhelm you while your memory was still fragile. So rather than that, I thought it best to assume my temper.
2: fix a typo you say refromatted for the longest <laughs> time
3: refromatted <laughs> <laughs> it only took a year and a half
2: <laughs> follow-up question would you have <laughs> with robot wonder woman <laughs> oh uh, that's a tough question
3: don't worry. I'm I don't know why it's so tough, but it
2: is. <laughs> See, because it's tough. S&ES version <laughs> or Sega or 10- version? Yeah.
3: Sixteen <laughs> bit or?
2: <laughs> so I did. I did catch that one. You better stop clicking that pen, Joe Thomas. We can hear from here. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> Give me number three, Joe.
3: Uh, I think that you go get the number one, yeah. I <laughs> number one, <laughs> you're,
0: you're right, right. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the, the guys were giving me guff because I was clicking in one of the shows, so I, I sent him a little clip of uh Boris clicking this, this day. just today.
3: Yeah. Oh,
0: that's <laughs>
2: by the way, Jason, that clicking might have been me because I remember there was a point where I was working on an art piece and I forgot to mute my mic, but I wasn't about to admit that in the group chat. No. <laughs> Podcasters. Catchers. <laughs> <laughs> it's his first time reading this segment. You can pick it up the most most podcast. <laughs> <laughs> outtakes real I just, yeah i was just thinking of pat just <laughs> yeah, so we really haven't downgraded it no, all. no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all.